Welcome everybody to the Sleepy Perform Repeat podcast. This is your host, David Clancy, and along with my co-host, Connor Gavin, we are here in SoCo Performance, Dublin, Ireland, to bring you a podcast focusing on what it means to be performing at the highest level. What, in essence, is high-performance culture? We're going to share our experience and our backgrounds into what we've acquired over the years. Connor Gavin has extensive experience of working in the AFL with the West Coast Eagles, but also having worked in a high-performance environment with the Irish rugby team. Myself, David Clancy, I'm going to bring my experience and know-how from having worked in London with Isaac Kinetic Medical Group on Hardy Street, but also having experienced high-performance culture working with the Brooklyn Nets and the San Antonio Spurs of the NBA. What we're striving to achieve here is to find out what exactly makes high-level athletes tick and what makes them to perform at the highest level and how they really can get back to play at the highest level of return to play and return to performance after injury. How do all these elements play a role in performance? That's what we're really trying to find out here. So I hope you all enjoy listening to this and can learn. I really hope it sparks an interest because what we're really trying to do here in Ireland is evolve and grow and tap into what really makes high performance culture. Now let's get to it. Hi guys, another cracker of an interview to bring you today. Myself and David sat down with Jason Holder, who's the West Indies cricket captain. He's also the number one ranked cricket all-rounder in the world today, so it was really cool to speak to somebody who's at the top of their game. Um, I had a great chat with Jason about leadership, uh, specifically the Windies being a team of Island Nations. It was very good to get his thought process on, on managing that. Uh, we also had a good chat with him about his career to date, so when he started playing cricket, when he started to specialise, his career highlights to date, and also his kind of future plans for post, post-sporting career. Had a very, very good chat with him actually about regaining edge. So, uh, with regard to sledging, so getting Jason's thoughts on sledging in cricket and the effect it has on certain players and certain teams and what his thoughts are on, on using it basically as a, as a method of gaining an edge. So, some really interesting stuff there. Jason, obviously a big basketballer as well, big basketball fan. So, uh, good chat with him about the NBA finals, which are in the thick of it at the moment and who he sees winning that. So, Lots of stuff in here from a leadership point of view, performance point of view for you to take away. If you have any questions, as per usual, you can reach any of us. You can reach the clinic, obviously, here uh, at Soco Performance on Instagram. Also, David is there on D Clancy Physio. And Jason himself can be reached on Holder 98 is his handle. So, yeah, any questions, comments, anything like that, just give us a shout. And, yeah, hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of uh, Sleepy Performer Peace. This is Connor Gavin here. I'm with my host, David Clancy. We're delighted to be interviewing Jason Holder today, West Indies cricket captain. Uh, David knows Jason fairly well, so I'm going to hand over to David here to give you a bit of a background. Yeah, Jason, look, thanks for coming in today. Um, so for everybody who doesn't know, although I'm amazed you don't, Jason Holder is a Barbadian cricketer and the current captain of the West Indies national team, cricket team, made his ODI debut in January 2013 and test debut in, in June 2014. As of 2019, January, he's actually now considered the number one all-rounder in the world, according to the official ICC test ranking, so respect to you, Jace. And it's the first time a West Indies cricket player has been there since 1974. He's the captain of the national team in ODI format by the West Indies cricket board following Dwayne Bravo. And he actually became the youngest ever West Indies captain at 23. In 2019, he was named the captain of the test side for the tour to Sri Lanka. In 2018, Holder became the fastest player for the West Indies in terms of matches to score 1,000 runs and take 100 wickets in ODIs. 
and he scored his first double century in first-class cricket in the team's second innings of the first test at home against England at the Kensington Oval recently, um, his home ground. So the West Indies went on to actually win that match by 381 runs, the greatest victory at home in terms of runs. And, and Jason, big man holder, was actually man of the match. So big up, Jace. What's it like being the captain of the West Indies team going into the World Cup, leading guys like you know Chris Gale, Braithwaite, Andre Russell, Dwayne Bravo? You as captain, how's how's that feel for you going forward? Yeah, it's a massive achievement um, personally for me. But um, yeah, it's it's just another tournament for for us. Um, I've obviously been leading the team now for a few years, and I guess I'm a, a little bit cemented into the role of of, of leading the West Indies cricket team. So. Yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to, to the World Cup. It's obviously something that we all look forward to that comes up in four years, and it's a major event. And, and every cricketer will tell you that when they start playing for their country, their dream is to always lift the World Cup. And uh, how long how long have you been captain for? Um, I first started captain West Indies at the end of, I think it was November 2014 in South Africa. Um, started as a one-day international captain, and then... My first stint was, sorry, first stint test captaincy, I think, was in 2016 in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Um, so yes, those were my first two stints, and yeah, I've been captain since then. How do you find it, Jace, managing all the, the, the lads from the different islands? Is that something that ever becomes an issue, or is everyone kind of uh, singing from the same hymn sheet in terms of once we pull on the maroon jersey, we all have the same goal? Yeah, I think when we cross the line, everybody has the same, same common goal. You know, sometimes it could be a challenge with, with inter-Ireland mixes and <clears throat> guys just trying to understand different, different cultures. Um, but, you know, anything else, I'm sure the, the, the other teams have that challenge. For instance, India being a massive country, Australia, etc. So, you know, it's, it's all about just bringing everybody together when we cross that line and, and everybody buying into one common goal. That's when the cricket came to West Indies. And where where is your central hub? Where is kind of HQ for the West Indies? Is it Bridgetown? Well, we're now we're now pretty much trying to establish HQ for West Indies cricket. You know, previously we've had camps in a number of different islands, just, just prior to the series, and I guess it's all dependent on where the series would start. But there's there's a, the office for the West Indies Cricket Board is in St John's Antigua, yeah. and they're now making St John's Antigua the hub for West Indies cricket. So we're now in the process of developing <clears throat> the old Stanford ground. Um, so that is now being given to the West Indies Cricket Board, and that's their only asset apparently. Um, so yeah, that's going to be our hub, which would have uh, a full size field. We have access to gym, pool. And then there, there's also a practice facility in the back of the ground as well. Nice. And cold showers after your hot weather, right? Pardon? Lots of cold showers for all that hot weather you guys get in the Caribbean, right? Yeah, definitely, man. Afterwards, you get pretty pretty stuck into our cold recovery and just making sure that we're ready for the next occasion. Brilliant. So if we bring it right back to the, the start, Jason, um, in terms of cricket, when, when when did you start and kind of how, how how soon was it or how long was it before you kind of dropped all other sports for cricket? Did you play many growing up or what was that like? Yeah, I first grew my love for cricket practically just, just watching on TV. 
Um, I started playing seriously around eight, where I joined Wonders Cricket Club. And ever since then till now, I've, I've just been full-on cricket. I have played a bit of basketball at school. Um, I've messed around a little bit of football at school as well, too. But, you know, all those all took a backseat to cricket. And basketball was a lot more serious for me as well. So it was, it was a bit of a dilemma at some stages to choose um, <clears throat> if I go to basketball practice or cricket practice. But I know basketball took priority when, when cricket didn't. Um, and then... If there's ever a choice between basketball and cricket, which I don't think I've ever had, um, cricket would always be my, my first choice. Yeah, I still, I still, we still all have that game one on one. We're supposed to have that battle between the two of us, no? The two big guys. Well, I, I'm not going to bat down, man. You're practically gone, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What's What's been your most memorable career moment today, Jace? You know, you've had a lot of. A lot of big things, double century against England, captaincy now, what, what's, you know, first cap, what's the biggest thing you've achieved to date for you? Well, I'd honestly have to say probably winning the 2016 T20 World Cup, and <clears throat> ironically it wasn't like heavily involved in it playing, but just to be a part of it was something very, very special. Um, that's probably one of the biggest highlights of my career so far. Winning the Wisdom Trophy, um, scoring a double century or two other major achievements. <clears throat> and then just just practically taking a 10-wicket haul in the game as well, too, for me, was a massive achievement. So, yeah, all, all good achievements there. And if you had to pick, let's talk talking to people that mightn't understand your game so much, Would you would you prefer... Or would you say a strength of yours is more bowling or batting? You're an all-rounder, so not everybody's an all-round cricket player. Do you feel you're you're better at one or the other? Did you were you more competent at bowling from a young age or batting from a young age? Some guys just bat, some guys just bowl, but you managed to merge both both as a strength. Um, do you find they complement each other? Is is one better? Have you had to work harder on one of them than the other? Going you know over the last couple of years. Man, I just I enjoy them both. Um, I enjoy the challenge of, of both of them. But I guess I guess batting for me is a, it has a little bit of a nudge to bowling. Um, but yeah, I, I've always said that you know once you contribute to a team win, whether it be with the bat or with the ball, you know whatever the team requires from me at that particular stage, I just want to put my hand up and do so. I I, I just narrow it down to scenarios. Uh, if a scenario is, is pause where I need to get some wickets to change a game and then I want to be that guy or if the team yeah. requires me to bat and win a game for the team and I just want to be that guy as well so um, but I guess I have a little bit more of a softer spot for batting <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more of the glory hitting sixes <laughs> So, Jason, you're obviously ranked ICC. Have you as number one? We'll say in the, in the all-rounder list at the moment. So, is that something you you pay attention to uh, in terms of your training? Where where it might be a case of right, well, I'm ranked number one, so I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. Or do you consistently look to kind of continue working on your craft every day? What what's your mindset uh, in terms of that? I believe that you know if I continue with a match winning mentality, where I just get my team across the line. I think my performances will have to be speaking for itself in that regard. Yeah. And then 
individual rankings with us just always take care of yourselves. I'm not one to sit down and dwell on individual stuff. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, it's a good feeling knowing that you have achieved something personally, but I've always said that if I'm the number one or right or wrong, then my team is right number eight or nine in the world, then it kind of defeats the purpose. You know, I feel a lot better if you could be ranked number one all around in the world and, and your team is, is, is the number one team in the world. So I guess that's my, my overall objective. I, I feel a lot better knowing that I'm the all, number one ranked all around in the world and, and also we, we're number one, one, number one ranked team in the world. Gotcha. I've asked you this before, Jason, but you know, you're a guy who loves basketball, you, you love golf, you play a lot of golf. Do you feel? Do you feel the sport of cricket has? You know, does that transfer and help you play golf? We just saw Tiger winning a couple of weeks ago. You fancy yourself as a good golfer? Do you see they complement each other? Do you do you feel you can play a lot of different sports because your skills as an all rounder? Um, I think golf and cricket has a f- has a few similarities, but um, yeah, I don't think they're, they're major. I think one of the things that I've gained from playing golf is just keeping my eyes on the ball. Um, lots mm-hmm. of times when you when you play golf, a common mistake for amateur golf is just to, to come off the ball and come out of the shot. Yeah, you but look yeah. up you look up too fast to see where the ball's gone, and then you've sliced it or you've topped it, right? Exactly. So yeah. I can relate that to cricket, where you really need to be going into your shots and staying into your shots a lot longer and watching the ball as long as you possibly can. So those are two things that I can sorry those are yeah, two things I can relate. Well, between golf and cricket, um, for me, golf is more of a mental soother. Uh, it just puts me in a happy spot, a relaxed place. It could be quite frustrating at times, but being on a golf course and, and playing golf, I mean, just relaxing. Um, I think that's the main reason why I enjoy it so much. And then, obviously, you get time to spend with your friends, and and then afterwards you can have a, a bit social. So those are kind of things that that. Please me in playing You know, you're still you're still very young. You still have many years ahead. But kind of post career, do you see yourself staying in cricket, or do you see yourself, you know, finding a, a nice little house in Barbados and just playing golf in Monkey Island every day? Or what? what where do you see yourself in ten or fifteen years from now? Well, ideally, uh, immediately after my career, I just want to get back to cricket, whether it be in a coach or role. Hopefully not in an administrative role, but I, I would like to get back to cricket. So I think I do a bit of coaching for, I've said, two or three years after I finish playing. Maybe a bit of commentary here and there. Um, but practically, I just want to retire and spend time with my friends and family. And yeah, an ideal life would just be waking up every morning, heading to a golf course, play around, then come back home, collect your kids from school. Dinner for your family, uh, you know, just repeat that cycle. <laughs> yeah. Do a bit of traveling as well too, um, and, and that's ideally what I would love to do. But sounds nice. I guess we'll see how things work out. Perfect. So, Jason, there's no shortage, obviously, of very famous players with the Windies, like Sobers and Richards, Lara, all these kind of greats of the game. Did you have anyone as an actual mentor for yourself, um, Joe, as you were coming through the ranks before the captaincy and even after the captaincy, or is it all very much self-taught what you've learned to date from a leadership point of view? No, it's not, it's not all self-taught, man. Um, I've gained knowledge through experience. And, yeah, coming up, 
I I I I like like Brian Lara, Kurtley Ambrose, Courtney Watts. Those are my favourite cricketers coming up from the West Indies. And I guess in recent times I've, I've met Clive Lloyd and him and I have really been, you know, pretty close. And he's been one that I can I can call up, call and we have a chat. And he always gives me really good advice on you know, cricket and leadership. So it's good to to be able to rub shoulders with a few greats, you know, and they they are seeing. The potential in you and, and believing in you. So, for me, that, that was like, extremely pleasing. Like, Brandon Lyle is another one that comes to mind who could always communicate to me a lot about my cricket and, and things that he, he thinks I can implement uh, or, or think of it. So, yeah, Brandon has always, uh, also been a guy who's, who's reached out quite nicely and, and Desmond Haynes. You know, I play lots of golf with Desmond Haynes and Desmond and I play, play golf and, and talk lots of cricket. You know, and he's, he's a knowledgeable guy about cricket and the beauty of being, being from Barbados in a sense where you've, you've, we kind of have a really rich history of cricket and lots of past great players who are still alive and that we could rub shoulders and, and, and gain some um, knowledge from. And how do you find it now the shoe is on the other foot? You know, you've got some young guys coming through. Um, you're about to play, to say they're about to play the first test match. How do you find them approaching you for the, the same advice that you approached the likes of Lara for back in the day? Is, is it something you embrace or, or, or how do you find it? Yeah, definitely embrace it. You know, um, it says a lot about me, you know, what I've, what I've been through and achieved. And uh, to be to be still around where young players can come to you for advice and, and guidance, you know, it, it's a pleasing feeling. Um, I guess my mission and my, my task is to, to try to guide and nurture them in the best way and I make sure that they're comfortable enough to go on the field and perform. You know, when you've got young guys like Shimon, Admire, Nicholas Puran, who are all just a bag of talent, you just don't want them to, to fall by the wayside and, and not succeed. You want everything possible for them and, and you want to make sure that they're harnessing and, and getting the best and reaching their true, true potential. So you call yourself, you know, you're you're a leader. What what does leadership mean to you, Jason? <clears throat> um, leadership for me is a combination of a few things. You know, you know, you've got to be disciplined. Um, I think you've got to be self-driven. Uh, you've got to definitely lead by example in terms of your performances. And, yeah. You know, all of these are things that I bring into leadership. Um, I think. When you when you sit with a group or, or you spend time with a group, you, you tend to need to get to know them to understand how to relate to them. Mm. And lots of people don't understand that part about leadership. You know, they've got one regimented way about leading people and and how people function. But I think to get the best out of people, you have to know them personally and and know what gets them going and, and how to make them, you know. Or react to well, not really react, but how to get best out of them in, in any circumstance. And I mean, the only way to know that is you know what drives them, you know the strengths, you know the weaknesses, and, and you can relate to them in any in any circumstance. Yeah, to be their best, be I like that. Perfect. So, Jason, in terms of um, high performance, what what's your what's your definition of high performance to you? You're leader of the team. You're trying to instill standards with the boys coming up. What what what? Uh, what is your idea of an ideal high performance culture or high performance environment? Well, high performance athlete for me is um, just an elite, an elite athlete. And 
that entails a lot of things. You know, discipline, as I said before, you have to be super, super regimented in terms of structure and routine. Uh, one of the things that I was privy of, of getting when I was growing up was the expertise of the sports psychologist. Mm-hmm. For me, that was big in the context of he helped me to understand myself personally before I can even change anything. And lots of people really do not understand themselves. And you can only get the best out of yourself when you truly understand yourself and you know how to relate to different situations. And for me, that's all about being a high-performance player. You've got to be able to, to calm, calm yourself under pressure. You've got to be able to simplify things under pressure. And then you've got to be able to execute under pressure. And there are a lot of things that contribute to these to these things. And you basically want to simulate this into a practice, practice routine or even a practice to make sure that you've done it and, and you get a customer doing it so that when it does occur in, in a game scenario, then you know you know how to simplify it and get, get through the situation. I, I really like that. That's good to hear because my sister is currently doing sports psychology and motivational psychology. So that's exactly what she'd like to hear. Um, how to tap into the mindset for guys like you, you know? Obviously, we had coffee with somebody who was trying to help you along with that mental journey not too long ago, so it's good to hear that's been a big part of you. Jason, if you, you know, if you've, if you've underperformed in a game, not that that happens all too often, but say if you were playing me on the court and I, you know, beat you 11-1, how would you regain your edge? How would you get back and feel like you're going to be Clancy and one-on-one on the court again after that? For me, the first thing to do is, is assess. You know, you've got to just go back through it and, and just pick it down, critique it. And, and then for me, it's just all about the process. You start your process right back over. You've got to make sure that you've got a routine that you can you can rely on. Yeah. And when I say rely on, you've got to have a uh, an effective routine that you know that you're getting the best out of your preparation. Are you yeah. preparing as best as you possibly can to, to execute in a game? So once you trust that process or you trust that routine, then you just continue to follow it. You know, you don't second guess yourself. You don't, you know, question it. You know, if you want to add or take things from the routine, then that's that's fine. But you just must have a structured routine as to how to go about your preparation. I believe preparation is massive, and preparation entails also recovery. So, oh, recovery and nutrition. So. You, you want to be eating the right things. You want to make sure that you're doing everything possible to make sure your body is is in tip-top shape to, to, to perform under pressure. And then you obviously get into your, your, your skills, whether it be bashing, bowling, fielding, and make sure you dot all eyes across all teeth. That's More often than not, it's, it's more of a mental, mental, a mental mistake or a mental error that, that causes, causes you lots of games. So... Again, it all, it all boils down to, to how you react under pressure. And if, if you've got a calm, level head, and most, af- oh, most successful athletes can relate to this, uh, under pressure, they find ways to simplify the scenario. Yeah. And once you can simplify the scenario under pressure, then more often than not, you, you'll be able to execute. That's, that's excellent. So keeping a calm, level head, breathing, and having prepared and maybe visualized and gone through that so many times... It's kind of second nature, and you, it, your performance just speaks for itself because you, the process has been there. Um, 
Jason, just on, just on that, just a kind of a, a question to follow up on that. You speak about kind of um, trusting the process and keeping a cool head in terms of not letting these things get to you. But one of the big things we've seen in cricket in the last year has been these fairly well publicised incidents of sledging, say between the English or sorry between the Aussies and the South Africans last year, and I know there was an incident this year um, with uh, Joe Root and Shannon Gabriel. Like, do you find that as a leader? And you see players kind of losing their edge because of sledging in cricket. How do you how do you kind of balance that? How do you deal with that? Do you just speak to your players or do you address the referees? How would you go about addressing those kind of scenarios? Uh, again, I think it's all dependent on the on the individual. Um, I love sledging. You know, <laughs> right. I love when people sledge me, because it gives me an opportunity to go back at them. And then for me, it's just a, a mental game from there on. Because if you can sledge me. And and you think you can get on my skin, then you kind of win in the battle because you you've definitely t- taken me off my game plan. Um, if it's for instance me as the leader, and I see one of my teammates legend who I know per se wouldn't get it, wouldn't get the best of themselves under that circumstance, then it's, it's none, then for me to know that player and say, well, look, I think you need to leave this alone. I think you need to just sit down and focus on what you need to do. Because I've realised over a period of time that that person can't play cricket, execute, and sledge at the same time. You know, it's, just, it's a skill for, for many, but yeah, it drives certain people. But for certain people, it definitely throws them off. And, uh, and a lot of people tend to, to strive on strive on that, but strive on that certain time. And who's the who's the best sledger you've come across in your career to date? Marlon Simmons by a long shot. <laughs> right. I think Marlon Simmons is a genius at it because Marlon is a, is a guy who. Who's praising that? You know that gets him going. You know that that really pushes him on, and, and he likes a battle. So I know from for sure when Marlon wants to play cricket across the line with Marlon. I'm looking for somebody for him to pick a fight with. Mm. I know once he picks a fight with our person, man, he he's going to grind them and, and just Damn push them to the ground. Yeah, brilliant. And then, uh, Jason, in terms of um, a, a big three for you in life at the moment, whether it's professional or personal, what are the, the kind of big three things that you're focusing on at the moment? For me, the big three things are, I would say, my mentality in terms of mental strength. Um, then I, I just focus a lot on just keeping it very, very simple. And simplicity and then consistency I believe those are the three things that I, I would say I would just narrow down on in sorry for the, for the last year and a half two years okay so there we have it everyone Jason Holder the West Indies captain leading into the World Cup and the number one all-rounder according to the ICC in the world um, Jason myself and Connor are very grateful and thank you that you've come on our podcast episode today taking the time from playing in England just to give us a little bit of your time so that we can learn from you and I hope all our listeners have really tapped in and understood as to what leadership and high performance culture means from somebody who's right at the top of the game so just on the last one for me are you still sticking with Houston Rockets to win the NBA championship <laughs> who's your who's your pick um, man I really don't know but Anybody but Golden State, man. Maybe it might be from the East this year, man. Who knows? Boston are looking Maybe good. Philly looking good. East looks... I suppose without LeBron, the East is more interesting now, right? It is. It is, man. I, I just feel somebody's going to be thrown. 
All right. Chase, see you soon. Thanks a lot for your time. Thanks, boys. Take care. Thanks, Chase. See you, bro. Take Bye. Care. Cheers.